0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials?
1: Merry Christmas, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously and the podcast about rugby that is there for you. 52 weeks of the year and once again delivering on that promise as we sit here on Christmas Eve morning feeling very festive far more festive than when the deluge of plastic arrives in our collective homes <laughs> um, i'm here with jb in the rugby dungeon hello tim merry christmas merry christmas to you you've got your lovely noble new- new trainers on no ball no ball how do you say that no ball no ball mm, no ball
2: yeah noble No noble a, i mean i love noble gear i'm really the name is just hard to say isn't it, it just noble. roll off noble without sounding like you're saying like noble the surname
1: yeah and uh, phil Yep. In his Brooks trainers, you two have been for a run then. We have been for a where, where, where did you go? Fallerfield and back. Very, very
3: sedate 7K. Very, very gentle.
1: gentle. I, I like the fact you're you're dishing out the treats early on Christmas Eve because JB's wearing incredibly tight lycra. <laughs> These are my lifting lo- shorts, running shorts and Phil's wearing incredibly tight running leggings. <laughs> yeah. Just giving the people of Chorlton what they want. <laughs> it's
2: not often they see real men running around the streets. Here. I know, we
1: got a
3: few wolf whistles on the on our little
2: route. Yep, yeah, we were we were incredibly aggressively sexualized.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who can blame them? No, and and the, just... the people of Chorlton are only human. I
2: mean, and you... One one guy actually stopped his car and uh, shouted at us. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Genuinely Genuinely it, Genuinely We got uh, accosted By a man in a car What did he uh, say? Uh, it's, it's a guy that we both know Oh okay so, but but still he happened. did aggressively still Shout from across man. the room A white man
1: <laughs> and, and there was a number Of other people I'm sure That went Oh yeah That reminds me I've got to get The Chipolatas today Yeah exactly right Exactly right <laughs> um, So uh, Andrew, so we've been exercising You've been exercising As well Tim This yeah. morning How, Yeah I, so I, d- I went to my uh, CrossFit box To do the 12 days Of Christmas wad. How come you didn't Do yours JB? I did mine yesterday. Oh, I did it yesterday. There you go.
2: Well, I was meant to do it. I didn't actually. I stopped. I got out of the house, and unlike me, I, the day just got on top of me, and I went for coffee instead.
1: Oh, good lad. Yeah. That, but it's the
2: first time I've not trained, God knows how long.
1: Yeah, you need you need your rest, though, don't you? Do you? And, <laughs> and let's hope we have a little bit of that over, over the next week or so, and I hope you do as well. And yeah, a reminder that uh, we are there for you, as I say, 52 weeks of the year, and you can get more, or... As well as getting more, you can just show your support for the podcast, help keep the lights on by going to patreon.com forward slash egg Chasers, where there is extra content.
2: Yeah, and I think this week on Patreon, if you want to do one later for, you know, the patrons for their little Christmas gift, we can discuss the most embarrassing DOR ship in premiership rugby history. (laughs) Who is the most embarrassing DOR ever in the premiership?
1: (laughs) It's a great question. And there's only one winner.
3: Well, there's a
2: few in the discussion,
3: I think.
1: I mean, there's, there's... we'll save we'll it for later. Let's let's not, let's, let's, let's not. There's one very topical, and there's other. Yes, there's, there's Sean. There's lots of other conversations to be had there. Oh, isn't there? Isn't there? So yeah, that, that's, that's a good little one. Um, As for this podcast right now, I just I'm I'm curious because tomorrow morning my my kids I'll probably have to get them out of bed. They'll be like, "Oh, I'm lying <laughs> a bit more." Whereas uh, yours are going to struggle to sleep tonight, I imagine. They are. Yes, they yeah,
2: we'll definitely struggle. Which is why we sedate them.
3: <laughs> Anita Wives exactly yeah right never, it's never gone wrong before you can snaffle a
1: little bit from work exactly there you go love um, <laughs> count back from ten uh, excellent um, and you're, you're all at home host who's cooking tomorrow
3: I, I'm cooking on Boxing Day we're going to my parents tomorrow uh, nice. and then I'm doing curries on Boxing Day nice curries.
2: yeah I've got my sister-in-law there and her family staying for for five for five days, and I have planned meticulous in meticulous detail every breakfast, or lunch, and dinner from the day they arrived yesterday until the day that they leave. Mm. Detail. So I'm doing everything
1: outstanding. The uh, I just want to say, getting ahead at Christmas is completely rubbish. I just popped into Costco yesterday because I wanted to get a few bits and bobs, and their their free range Norfolk bronze turkeys were thirty quid off. Really? <laughs> so You can get like <laughs> yeah. It was it was unbelievable. They were giving them away basically.
2: Wow,
3: we did. We had a messed up Christmas because of um, uh, father-in-law ended up in hospital last year, and so plans changed. And we bought a turkey last minute on, on uh, Christmas Eve, and it was like fifty quid off, something like
1: that, from, I M- from go M&S. And grab one. Yeah, tomorrow. I don't think be <laughs> <we're> open tomorrow. <laughs> you oh, sorry. Today, yes. <laughs> yes. Today, uh, Boxing Day. Boxing, boxing Day. day so yeah. 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 E- either.
3: Late today, late on Christmas Eve or Boxing Day, you'll get some, some deals.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope you have a lovely Christmas, and thank you very much for listening and your support all, all year. Uh, contact edchasers at gmail.com is where you can get in touch on the email, and we've, we've had some great ones this week, which I'll pepper the podcast through. But how, how do you want to go? What do you want to start? What do you want to do?
2: Um, what are we going to start with? Premiership, I'd say. Unless you want to talk about something a bit more topical. Bill Sweeney has been... Doing the rounds and saying things which are ill-advised and stupid I and mean, incendiary,
1: incendiary, <laughs> very unlike Bill Sweeney. Uh, yeah, well, let's let's talk about that. But let's 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 start with a bit of positivity. Goodwill to all men. And
2: yeah, let's start with the Premiership because yeah, it's yeah, here's, here's what I'm going to lead off with. I really enjoyed the Premiership this week. Like mm. right? for all the doom and gloom around it, and I am Mister Doom and Gloom when it comes to rugby. Bloody hell, it was a, a good weekend. I mean, it is still, despite the best efforts of everybody involved it's still somehow a good competition. It It is still, and
3: part of that is the salary cap, although different teams spending to various degrees up to the salary cap. Um, and part of it is, as we've discussed the last few weeks, um, the redistribution of talent. So even though teams got weaker, they've then had an influx of players to make them stronger again. So Both of and, those two things. yeah, And
1: had that influx of players at way below market rate. Yes, yeah. And it, if you didn't, it, like it's...
3: It's a silver lining type argument, but if you didn't have the three clubs going bump, I suspect the quality of the product would be significantly worse, and the club's abilities to compete in Europe would be significantly worse than it currently is. Yeah. But right now, we actually it is a good product, and you, the games this week a testament to that. Um, all the games were close, even even Falcons versus Bristol was close. Mm-hmm. The least close game was one of the ones that we expected to be the closest. And that was Exeter Chiefs
1: who hammered a very strong Leicester Tigers team. Yeah, well... Uh, we're going to get bored. We're, no, I'm not going to get bored personally, but we're going to get repetitive in just saying how remarkable Rob Baxter is as a bloke, and and Henry Slade for that matter.
2: So my, 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 my good friends at uh, the uh, podcast Talk, Talking Tribe were on WhatsApp to me the day, mm. And they were at a meeting. Tribe talking. Tribe talking. What did I just say, Talking, talking, tribe. That's tribe. Right.
1: I just so, want to make sure if people want to go and find them, because they, they are good lads. Exactly. Um, they were saying at one of the
2: Exeter members' meetings, Exeter are £1.8 million underneath the cap. That's Wow. It. Now, if that is true, and I don't know if it's true, I mean, if Rob Baxter's is saying that in meetings, which I assume that's where it's come from, that's amazing. That is really, really... It's even more... I mean, it's amazing anyway. If they were at the cap and doing this, it's amazing with the new team. But if those numbers are correct, it's even more amazing. It it wouldn't actually surprise me that much because they're just kids.
3: Like, there there are... You look at the team and you've got Slade, who's not a kid. You've got Devoto, who's not a kid but has been injured for a long, long period of time. You've got Yendel, who is... Um, less less extra clubman. Uh, you got Scotty CO who's been brought in on decent money, and you got Vermeilen. Everyone else is kids, yeah. Yendel, as well. Did, did you, yeah, sorry, it? yeah. Yendel, I mentioned, yeah. yeah. Everyone else is they, they are kids, these are guys who will not be on huge money, and they are getting bang for their buck out of this team massively.
1: And that means that he can keep this team together in the way that he did. Exeter 1.0. Yes. Not or 2.0. Not only 0. can he
2: keep them together. He can afford to give them pay rises. Well, that's, the yeah, one, yeah. that's the
1: only way yeah. he's going to keep them together because Greg out yeah. is legit. Yep. Yeah. And Daffith Jenkins. Daff Jenkins. Oh my goodness. legit. What a player. Wales yeah. have got the air to Alan Wynne-Jones right there, haven't well, they? Well, we were sort of on our run, we were discussing extra, because what else would you discuss on a run?
2: <laughs> I'm like, if you could boil down like the most important part of rugby and make it really simple. So I gave the example of football. Say if I was coaching a football team and we just boiled it down, what, is a, what, what aspect of football kind of correlates with winning? I don't know what it is, but let's just say it's fitness, because that requires no skill. And you just get these tremendously motivated young men who want to make a name for themselves in a framework where they can just work towards one thing, which is fitness they're going to be really good. And I think that's what Rob Baxter's has done. He's sort of made the vision so clear for them. You just work towards that vision. Forget everything else. If everyone just does this one thing, mm. we'll be okay. There's a little bit of like... Well, the New England Patriots don't really work now because it seems to be it's all about Tom Brady. But <laughs> If you believe what the New England Patriots were doing, which is like just concentrate on your individual job and do it to the best of your ability, everything will come together. Yeah, it kind of works. And i tell you the other thing which I thought about regarding extra chiefs, and you'll find this a weird... Uh, crossover, but Everton. So Everton at the moment are in the Champions League places. If you account for the points that that's been taken the, off, them, right? the ten point deduction do, do you know the story for Everton, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So just if you don't know it, they've been fined, they've lost some points,
1: and but mysteriously, City aren't being investigated, and Chelsea, yeah, and Chelsea, yeah.
2: So I mean, you won't believe this, but you know, Liverpool, uh, you know, people in Liverpool sport. I'm not, no, I'm not going to go go there. Let's just put it this way: they've they've found a, they've found a reason to play, right? The, the, that is. Right, bound together that team, and that's probably one of the reasons that they're doing well because they feel the world is against them, which is unusual for Liverpoolians. Nevertheless, um, <laughs> you got there in the end. I got there in the end. I managed to get it in. Thank God. Right. Um, and how many times do you see the DORs, no matter what it is, trying to get the guys to believe in something to buy into it? And I think that's what Rob Box has done, he's mm-hmm. given them something to buy into. And as soon as they're bought into it, you can make young men do pretty much anything as as a group if they're all involved. It's a simple formula but it's not easy and Rob uh, Baxter seems to do it. It's not easy and the
3: way like the thing that I was most impressed with in this um in this game against Leicester was the unity and the cohesion in that defensive structure which is it's it's Fundamentally around hard work and getting off the line and getting in the right place. But to do it over and over again against World Cup winners, against a team, Leicester are a very good team. They've got very senior internationals. They've got half a dozen World Cup semi-finalists in that starting lineup. Mm. Um It's a hell of a Leicester team. And to shut them down... And a World Cup winner as their quarterback. Quarterback and the number eight. And the number eight, who, yeah. who's Who's the, like, fundamentally the most important... Um, players on the pitch and the way that they play it, it, was, it was absolutely huge
1: performance from Exeter to sh- repeatedly shut them down At whatever level of rugby you play and I see it with with my son's team now is that that defensive effort that you talked about mm. that's one of the things I love about rugby is any tiny little crack becomes a cra- becomes a giant canyon yeah uh, in a defensive effort if, unless you're mentally like doing it for that mate that stood beside you, that, that those tiny little, tiny little gaps, um, cracks in a in a group will show up in defence. And I think it does speak to the, the, the atmosphere that Rob Baxter mm. has created.
2: Yeah, because it's very hard to play like do as individuals. Like you couldn't mm. oh, do yeah, it you as can't, one person. But no chance. When your mates are doing it for you, yeah, okay, I can sort of buy into this. But you don't want to let anyone down. Uh, I think it's amazing. I, I think they're just an incredible team.
1: Yeah,
3: they really are, and this I think the important thing is. So this team will perform very well in individual um, games at the moment, and across the season they will perform well. Whether right now it is sufficient for them to do what the 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 X to one point did three four years ago, and and more and win the league and be competing in Europe, probably not yet, but. If they do keep this team together, which they've got every shot at um, because they're so young and they're relatively cheap at the moment, this team in a few years, think mm. of the potential, the extra cohesion that this team will have in two, three, four years' time. It's,
2: yeah. For well, Exeter, it is very exciting. If, it is, if you think about Exeter 1.0, a great team, eventually, but look at them, say, three years before their journey accumulated, mm. oh, yeah. and you would say, who are they? They extra made those guys rather than vice versa.
3: Oh yeah, extolled made them uh, Baxter and the systems that he put in place made
2: those guys. Yeah. I wonder how many podcasts we can start
1: in a row with something similar to what we've done for the last two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, war- good. it's warranted. Uh, the, the one that's been a surprise package, although I suppose it's a it's a different okay. Let let me actually reverse and ask the question. So we've we've marvelled at the the plan that, that Rob Baxter has put in place. Should we also marvel at the plan that Bath put in place, which is buy a million pound fly half <laughs> and, and give him the give him the keys and and a load of big South African forwards?
2: Yep, helps it really helps do those two
3: things, and you'll be all right. Yeah, uh, fair fair play to Bath because this, this is we've said this before, but. Bath have had names before. They've had talent all across the team. For the last 10 years, they have not wanted for lack of big names and lack of talent. They have wanted, they've just had this piece missing to bring them together. Well, I think you're right.
1: It's two two pieces. And it's what I like. Again, this is just rugby forever. Tight head prop. Fly half.
2: Yeah. That's it. Okay. So just think about this. England play tomorrow. Would you be happy with the Bath back line, but with... George Ford in it?
1: So, uh, Gallagher, um, Singer and Muir. Yes, I, mean if, I yes. mean, if you had to pick a premiership backline, that might be a better question. Is there a better premiership backline that you would just pick off the shelf? Yeah, I mean, they're doing well. They're coached by
2: uh, Lee Blackett, who knows how to play a bit of rugby. I mean, maybe Finn Russell is just that good.
1: He just makes the, everyone else look better. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But he's not like... I like, Lawrence's class. I mean, like, it is easy to throw passes... To space when Ollie Lawrence runs into that space, he's yeah. got to be there. He's got to know where to go.
1: Again, we come back to the question with Ollie Lawrence. He's so good at thirteen. Should he play thirteen for England?
2: If a coach moves that boy from thirteen to twelve, he should be fired immediately. <laughs> there is no, unless it's a club game, and you are in the most dire of straits. He stays at thirteen, and if you move him, you're incompetent. Uh, there is no two ways about it. He's mm. so good at thirteen. He is.
1: But that's what anyone has done because people just compare him to Manu Tuolangi, who, again, was a 13 that's been shunted inside as and, well. Do you know, it's
2: actually a good comparison. Some people might say, oh, yeah, it's not really fair. No, it probably is fair. It's, I think
1: he's got a bit more to his game. He's a bit more rounded, better distributor.
2: There again, yeah. when Manu first landed in Sale, I was asking the boys, like, you know, what do you think of this guy? And a lot of them said his skill's brilliant. So, But you don't really see that in games.
3: Yeah. You, you, because he just carries so hard and hits so hard. Doesn't
2: anymore. That's
3: yeah. That was the the, the overwhelming notable thing about him for so long.
2: Joe Cock and a Singer. I mean, I've never been a Joe Cock and a Singer fan.
1: Not, nor me really. I think I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. I'm so, like the two finishes were
2: legit finishes yep. by him. Yeah, legit finishes. And although it wasn't him that scored the tries against Gloucester a few weeks ago, it was him that broke the fullback to allow those those. Scu- uh, those tries to be scored by Will Muir, just between the two of them, they're an absolute menace.
3: And, and talking Singer this week, so after he scored his two tries, there was another pass to him on the right hand side late in the second half, and it was it didn't actually result in a bath try, but when you when he replayed it. There were seven Harlequins players tracked him into the corner. <laughs> seven <laughs> players because previously when there was two or three, he broke through them and scored. So yeah. it it's it's like a, a Manu or a Julian Surveyor type um situation where because there's because he's so dangerous, it just draws in defenders because the risk of not putting not over committing defenders is too great.
1: But again, I wonder how much is it Finn Russell how and, like, Joe Tokenessinger has that in his locker, but how much is it Finn Russell? Because, like, Marcus Smith is very, very, very good. He's not Finn Russell. Yeah. Well, okay. As we, as we and saw. It's, uh,
3: with Tokenessinger, I, th- I think it's probably a couple of things, because if you listen to the England coaches over the summer, they were talking him up. Now, he didn't make the World Cup squad, but they were talking him up saying... He is in the best form of his life, the best shape of his life. His body fat ratios, his muscle, his uh, 100 metres or 60 metres or 30 metre times, his all of his one rep maxes, they were all off the charts for him, the best he's ever recorded. So he's in an amazing shape, and he's got the, the right playmakers around him. I mean, it's Finn Russell, but a Jomo and or Redpath mm-hmm. and Lawrence... So- it,
2: it all adds I'm, to it. I'm not going to say it's the Finn Russell effect on Cocknach Singer because the issues I've always seen with him are very similar to another winger who is nothing like him. So Aaron Reed and Joe Cocknach Singer, I th- think, suffer from the same problem on the wing. They just are not yet good enough at rugby. And I mean that in terms of they have the raw physical skills Raw skill. attributes, right. They're amazing. But they do silly things like they stop before contact or they catch the ball stat- static. Or they yeah, don't do the they one. don't read the it's game like, as well. Yeah. I remember watching Joe Cocker and Singer for London Irish, and the difference between how he plays compared to how Alex Lewington plays was just night and day. And everyone was talking about Joe Cocker and Singer because he's big and impressive and all the rest of it. Alex Lewington absolutely tore the Premiership to pieces in his first return back. I think by Christmas he had more meters made than anyone else, like three times he meters of Cocker Singer. No mention mentioned it because he's a good rugby player and gets himself mm. in those positions to exploit his skill. Cockney Singer is now starting to do that. Aaron Reed's now starting to, start mm. to do that. And you can see, I mean, that could be, uh, that's coaching, I think.
1: So but, well, it, here's, so here's <clears> another <throat> question, just sort of to dovetail it, and with England in mind, which January the 4th, Steve Borthwick will name his wider training squad ahead of the Six Nations. If Joe Thockney Singer is in, it would be merited. But Adam Radwan, if he isn't, and Joe Thockney Singer is, he'll be thinking, I have to leave Newcastle. He has to. to, to leave, yeah. And he will be Newcastle. He'll be thinking that anyway. He'll be thinking that anyway. But. I just, I just wonder that with players like that, because I'm not trying to take anything away from Joe Thock on I'm saying, imagine Adam Radwan plonked into that bath. Yeah, yeah, side he would right do wing. so well. Imagine he'd be uh, uh, or,
2: or any side, frankly. Yeah, Rad- he just needs Rad- to move. Rad- Anyone Run's a, hell who hell of a wants Any career in rugby needs to move from Newcastle. It's just not 100. There is not a viable path for them to proceed as they are, uh, unless you've got Rob Baxter. Which they don't. They have Alex Poddling, yeah. and who's—I'm sure he's a very nice man, but is not Rob Baxter. Yeah, right? you need an incredible coaching talent. I, nothing about Newcastle makes sense to me. Their D.O.R. doesn't make sense. His history of how he got there doesn't make—well, it does make sense actually if you know who his dad is. But you know, other than that, none of it makes sense in, in in any way. So I said it last week. I'll say it again. They're currently just the freeloaders of the Premiership. They're enjoying their TV money, and they're not—and they're not. Contributing back to the league, and no amount of nonsense. Uh, oh, sorry, I've got a small child walking in. Get out.
1: That's that's the Christmas spirit. Yeah. <laughs> small child on Christmas Eve. Get out, out,
2: you gats. humble.
3: Throw a turkey at <laughs> her.
1: Um, just on fly halves.
3: Did you see? So, Ruby Sideline on Twitter did a very interesting um comparison of the Premiership starting the ten Premiership Ooh. first choice fly halves on. Uh, so this is statistics powered by oval um on what they refer to as the kick pass ratio so um do you kick more or do you pass more as a 10 now on the so they have it as the kicker end of the spectrum and the distributor end of the spectrum the kicker kicks more the distributor passes more mm-hmm. who do you think is the the top of the either the distributor or the kicker end of the spectrum in the premiership
1: well i know what the (sighs) distributor i would have guessed sheedy sheedy is a
3: great shout sheedy is number one well he is the most distributoring fly half in the premiership very good i would never have got that that's
1: just just the way bristol play
2: Um, yeah so okay number two then is it like will 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 Will, uh, not Brett Conan's
3: Brett sorry. Brett middle of the road. He's. he's <laughs> you do not tell me that. <laughs> he's. <laughs> he is fifty-fifty, um, pretty much. He for every one that he kicks, he passes one. Interesting.
2: Biggest kicker is that lack of identity. George
3: George Ford. Uh, who uh, so? Say say that again. Biggest kicker, George Ford. No, George Ford is middle of the road as well. Is he roughly? For every one he kicks, he passes one. Yeah, okay. I think because think
2: about think about scrum halves that kick. That's an interesting
1: ah, angle so where, as well. Where the, where the nines take the kicking yeah, so responsibility. Like does, Pollard, Pollard sounds to me like a
2: guy who would kick a lot, but I bet he doesn't because his scrum half kick. Yeah, because you know, they'll kick to he, contest.
3: So Pollard is the second most kickiest. So I'm wrong, but I think he's probably the, the nine also kicks a lot in Leicester. Therefore, he's probably low. He probably lower than he otherwise would have been.
1: All right, then. I'm going to say it will be, I reckon, because Mitchell is such a snipey nine, I'm going to go uh, uh, Finn Smith will do a lot of kicking, surprisingly.
3: He's third most kickiest.
2: <laughs> well, well done.
3: So, yeah, good. Now, he kicks three out of five, roughly, round, round in slightly. So every th- every five balls he gets, he kicks three of them, passes two of them. So Faz the- kicks the most? Faz is middle of the road. Is he? Faz is one-to-one. Um, for every one he passes, Can't he kicks one. Put us out of our misery then, what's going on? So, I'll tell you, the one that's not surprising, Marcus Smith is the second most passiest mm-hmm. um, fly half. Passé. Passé. Passiest, passé, Um So, he um, passes two for every one that he kicks. The kickiest is Finn Russell. Wow. Finn Russell kicks 3 for every one that he passes. Wow. Now there is probably a few things on that. They bath they play a, a tight forward game, so they probably play a lot of passes off nine um with their forwards being tight and Finn Russell uses a kick pass as well. Like and his his range of kicking yeah. uh both distance but crossfield kick and grubber kicks and all the rest of it. But I I just found it really interesting. That is it, that is. Marcus Smith and Sheedy being the passiest, um, very understandable. Ford and Faz being down the middle, roughly 50-50, is understandable. Pollard being the second kickiest, understandable. Finn Russell being the... Kickiest
2: is so, a bit surprising. Where, who is the Gloucester starting fire half according
1: to this?
3: So they've, oh, they've chosen Barton. Hey, Hastings has only just come back yeah. to fitness. Hastings oh, have has, you have be, seen the news and,
1: today? And Charlie Atkinson will be their 10 moving forward. Yeah, I've mm. seen that. I mean, Adam Hastings isn't, well... Yeah. No, Adam Hastings is great. No, he's great, but he, he knows he's surplus to requirements then, he? surely. Well, <sighs> What's going on? Is this Leicester need... To, to get I rid of someone quickly. I don't or? think it is, actually. I think Leicester have got
2: themselves so many options at fly half now. So obviously Pollard is the boy. Mm, now yeah. you look beneath Pollard and you've got a load of lads competing. So Shilcock. you need a, you need a solid, yeah. solid backup. Shilcock is that. Shilcock is that. So He's now you've got your backup done and you've got your starter, what is next? Well, two guys to develop.
1: And Charlie Atkinson, if you can imagine if you're him going, I thought I was going to kick on here. and He's not. And I can look, I'm just watching... Uh, Finn Smith down the road, taking my spot.
2: Yeah, so they've, yeah. they've got Charlie Atkinson, but they've also got Kieran Wilkinson. So those two boys, both of them are really talented. Mm-hmm. But the question sort of remains, do they have what it takes to be a Premiership fly-half? And it's more than being talented. You know, It's about showing up every day and watching film and you know doing all of the really hard stuff. So Shilcock, being a seasoned professional, no uh, no problem. They've got two lads on... on um, on their books, who are really talented. If Gloucester wants one of them and they want to pay some money, for instance, why not send send him away? Mm. You know what can you do? And Gloucester do need a backup.
3: They do, and and I said the other day that um, Charlie Atkinson, the, one of the few games he's played was when he ended up being third choice fullback. So he's kind of like third, fourth choice fly half and third choice fullback, which is yeah. if he has aspirations, which he should do because he's a talented player. He's just not going to get the game time. He at, needs to be more than
2: talented. That's that's the whoever's managing his career, agent wise, needs to tell him you need to be more than talented. Or this will this will be it. He'll yeah. just be a bit part player in but he, w- wherever he goes. He,
3: whatever he wants to do, he's got to play, and he's just not getting that at Leicester.
2: Um, on Gloucester, who is excited for Atkinson, Atkinson, and the Atkinson back?
1: I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, actually, we've got a message just on Gloucester. Now you mention it, um, friend of the pod. Uh, Ed Moraine got in touch and uh, sent me a message this morning at, wow, 5.51am. Is he uh, abroad somewhere? Is he going to CrossFit? No. In Dubai? That's incredible. I mean, all I said is, we'd do it. He, he said, oh, I was at the Gloucester game. Do you want me to you oh, know, wow. uh, ping you a couple of thoughts? Yes. So said, yeah, yes. absolutely. We're going to be doing our pod about half ten. He said, oh, I'll be with you before there. Uh, yeah, it was before there before there. 5.51am. No, he edited it at 5.51am, so he, <laughs> yes, he sent it to me before that. Anyway, I hope that, well, everything's God okay. God, secretary
2: yes? must be working late.
1: <laughs> he said, uh, right, he said the caveats here are he's a Gloucester fan, so you're getting this from a Gloucester one-eyed view, and two, he's done zero post-match research. He said, that's your job. <laughs> um, Shit. So I'll, I'll leave that to JB, and you've got Ultimate Rugby on hand, haven't you? I have. He, okay, he said Northampton were ultimately... D- uh, Utterly dominant in the opening minutes. You remember the, seeing the clock at 22 minutes and they just trundled them all over for try number three. All of their opening tries were from tight play through the forwards, which after our pack's dominance against Claremont last week was really mm. disappointing to see. Yeah, and I'm sure there are Gloucester fans going, yeah, I'm pleased about Charlie Atkinson, but maybe if we've got money to spend, please spend it in the pack. Yeah, where That's where their biggest deficiencies are.
3: And they've, they've got some they've got some good players in the pack but yeah. they've not got the full complement they can't put out a full 8 or
1: even a full uh, 12 13 players in in the 23 and again you can no, all front up Valva Ruskin is injured yeah. again mm. again he could be so good uh, anyway uh, he said Gloucester claw their way back into the half with a couple of tries from Clark and Harris largely due to finally establishing themselves with a set piece uh, he said uh, blah 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 I'd love to say more about the scrum, but anyway, half time, 14 24 to Northampton. Um, he said, uh, oh no, he said, despite our dominance in the scrum, multiple scrum penalties, which is a good sign, mm. Skivington made the bizarre call to replace our tight head and hooker at half time and brought on Jamal Ford Robinson. I'm mean, a great guy. Good move. Yeah, absolutely. Le- and, and
3: one of the top try scorers for Gloucester this season, not I think. you really
1: yeah. anything wrong yeah. so far? Uh, brought him on. Despite paying the price for this, we lost dominance in the scrum while the new front row found their feet. Uh, he said he put Jamal Ford Robinson on at loose head. Yeah, he goes both sides. Mm. Okay. But he's better at tight head. Um, depends who's, who's up against, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he said uh, the first line out throw was given as not straight the very first one of the game. Gloucester utilised the extra man, dominate up front and pulled the game back. Pre-game, my stepdad and I were discussing what, to me, was the frustrating call to play Santiago Carreras at full-back and play Hastings at 10, his first game back after seven months out. I'm not sure how Santi feels about losing the hot seat, but he certainly demonstrated how beautifully he operates in the standoff position with his try under the post to take Gloucester ahead. It was a, a real seesaw of dominance, the two packs throughout the game, and I think Gloucester's consistent set-piece dominance gave them the edge. However, our backs lacked any invention or direction, far too much kicking, and relentless sideways running, uh, and LRZ, oh sorry, I'm not. I'm doing, being terrible at reading this, anyway he said, ultimately Hastings couldn't quite send the penalty over for the win, we should mm. have nudged, maybe we should have nudged for the corner, and gone again, perhaps playing for a penalty 10 to 15 metres closer, but hindsight is always twenty twenty. a frustrating day to be a Gloucester fan, two bonus points though in a game, I, I expected us to get nothing, uh, all this said, it was a festive family day at King's Home, and you can't complain at nine tries.
2: No, I would say this: they are in a habit of losing.
3: So is that seven on the bounce? So he won the first two games, lost in the prem, yeah, in the prem, yes, lost the next seven in the prem.
2: Yeah, difficult for Gloucester. Gloucester go through phases, though. I wouldn't be too downhearted because a) there's no no relegation, <laughs> yeah, but b) Gloucester do do this. They went through a phase when Skiverson first arrived, of not being able to lose, winning really <laughs> tight games. Uh, they are a good team. They're a good team. And they just sometimes go a little bit astray. I can't put my finger on why.
3: Mm. And you, I, I, obviously this wasn't a televised game. Um, I didn't really see it. So it's hard to know. But Northampton are a, a very good team. It's a very strong Northampton team. And so Gloucester will be disappointed to lose, especially when they have the shot to win it. But it, it's not the worst thing in the world
2: well, to lose to this Gloucester team. Yeah, Northampton or
0: lose to this Northampton team.
2: Yeah, Northampton it. are a team which I think are very similar to Gloucester, but they're just in different cycles. Like Northampton have forgotten how to lose, Gloucester have forgotten how to win, and you just look at the score, and that's exactly what's happened. Mm. Exactly what has, um, what's happened. Northampton. Oh, by the way, let me just make a big call, something which no one else has said. I, I'm going to say it now. Why are we not talking about Curtis Langdon for England? Uh, he's come into this squad, which does not scrimmage well. They've now started to scrimmage well, and he is scoring tries, and he's carrying like an absolute beast. He's a big enough lad. Why does nobody talk about this guy for anything else other than the starting spot well, in London?
1: In, in terms of hookers, I, I actually think when you look down the premiership, it, it seems like a position of weakness, but England have got some good talent there. I'm just going down the table. Uh Tom Dunn, I suppose you could class Tom Dunn's
2: very good. Very good.
3: Uh, yeah, very Not good. playing as
1: well as Langdon.
2: Luke Cowan-Dickey. Not playing as well as Langdon.
3: Langdon. Well, yeah, Luke Cowan-Dickey, we know he's a great player, yeah. but he's not playing well at the moment. Dan
1: minute. Frost is doing well at Exeter. Dan Frost is doing well. yeah. Uh, Theo Dan and Jamie George at Saracens. Yeah, both excellent. Uh, Jack Walker at Quinns. Harry yeah. Thacker at Bristol. I still really like... He's so good.
3: Uh, my concern with that, He is mm. so good. My concern is... He's Size, just not quite big enough for yeah. international scrimmaging. Uh,
1: and... Uh, Leicester, yeah. Well, obviously Montage is their main boy there. Yeah, although
2: Dolly, Dolly's back and fit. No, no, Dolly's not back. He's he's, not, he's just had he, surgery on something. I think. Was he? Oh, Literally,
1: yeah. he's been Char- training well. And then Charlie Clare. The oh god,
2: not Charlie Clare. There's another guy in there who I really like.
1: Oh, yeah, the guy who got the hat trick last week. Yeah, what's his name? Um, oh, oh, yeah, not Alex. He. Uh, it might be Alex. I can't, I can't
2: remember. remember. It's funny surname. Oh. Il- It'll come out to us. Him. I like him.
1: I like Charlie, yeah. Charlie Clare too. Um, uh, Gloucester, take your pick, McGuigan. But he is, I'm sure he is. And Blamire at Newcastle. So England have got good, good options. Yeah, but he is the form hooker. And he's been. He's been Archie he, Veins.
2: Archie Veins, that's it. So
1: he's been doing well.
2: Uh, even when I watched him at Sale and he's coming on for Acker van der Merwe, I thought he was adding something to Is games. he not about
1: the same size as Thacker though? If we're talking, no, no, he's much bigger.
2: He's, he's about six foot, six foot six, one. He, um, Langdon yeah he don't know proper decent and he scored a great try this weekend I think it was him <laughs> it better be him he had a scrum hat on he scored
3: two tries this weekend did he? yeah get him in there you go
1: get the kids in yeah that's what I always and say he's been
2: around too I think he's Newcastle London Irish South, South, South God North, he has South. been around wow went, went to Worcester went banquet went to Montpellier so um, is, 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 straight about to Northampton. His, his list of teams
3: yeah, on Wikipedia, so take with a pinch of salt. London Irish, yep. loaned to Henley Hawks, yep. Sale Sharks, 89 appearances for Sale, where he went on loan in his time at Sale to Mac, Don, Doncaster, Filed. He then went to Worcester for a handful of games. He then went to Montpellier and now he's at Northampton Saints. sure he's been to Newcastle as well. certain about it. It's not listed on here, but that, that doesn't mean it's not Correct, because this is um, this is Wikipedia. Wikipedia.
2: Yeah, and how old's he now? Twenty six. I tell you now that is the boy.
1: <clears throat> Give him a go. Uh, the, the flip side, as good, as good as he is in the Premiership, I guess this is the context when you're it, it's when you're comparing within the Premiership. You then open out and go. Um, what's his name? Cody Taylor, uh, Takiaho, uh, Malcolm Marks, Montoya. They're good, aren't I they? Mean, you, yeah. sort of, you sort of go. It is not we're not none of England's hookers are at that level Dan or Sheehan
2: bongi umba
3: or the, the French
2: like, Kelleher. oh yeah
1: the French have having
2: Bo- Marchand and Bougarie I mean you think about these boys actually and what stands out at every name you just mentioned is the sheer brute physicality of them yeah and I like that I can't put my hand on my heart and say yeah the only hooker in England that matches that description is it. when he's at his best and he's not would be Luke Cameron Dickey yes and he's not at his best
3: yeah Jamie George is a different type of player. He, he's a, Jamie George is an excellent player, but he doesn't match like the the Cody Taylor, the Malcolm Marks, the Marchand, the Bugari, the physicality that those boys can offer. Jamie George doesn't Malvaka, Malvaka,
2: yeah,
1: what, what I love him.
2: Is. Sheehan. I love the, him. Danushin is superb. Uh, I think Malvaca's probably the best. Of, well, is he best a lot? In, in my heart, he is. Ma- France, got, France, France, heart. Have, France, France, have got, have the, got
3: the, the 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 trio, best stable.
2: the trio of hookers that France have triumph triumvirate,
3: triumvirate. triumvirate? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you like Alex Sanderson's Sith Lord impression I'm sale it DLR.
2: <laughs> he's tried everything hasn't he Now at this point he's now tried everything so first of all congratulations to Sale I think this is a really really important win a really important win but it wasn't easy and looking at Saracens they are just the Jenga piece or the Jenga jigsaw which you just remove pieces from and it doesn't fall over <laughs> I don't know how they play so well with so many, you know, every, it just seems to be they managed to replace lads all of the time in a similar kind it, of way to Exeter. Except prop. They lost the game at, mm, the scrum, scrum lost scrum. the game for Saracens, that was it. Well, yeah. yes. Or you can look at it another way because we've not spoken about this lad for a long time and I've always rated him. Ross Harrison. Ross Harrison. He battered. Alex Clare. Yeah. So I didn't even think that was the impressive part. And I, then muller and, and, and he played eighty minutes as well. Yeah, yeah. but he used to always play through, um eighty minutes for a long play time. Minutes, right, yeah. so he has been good since age nineteen, basically for certain. He's been yeah. It up. He, I, I played with him when he was eighteen. He played, yeah. played
3: essentially for a, a
2: season. Yeah, he's absolutely class. What impressed me about the lead? Ooh. Sorry, there you go. What Weird. impressed Beyond. me about Ross Harrison? He was, at the start of the game. He's about a seven out of ten. And then he finished the game at 7 out of 10, which is basically 10 out of 10 performance. Yeah. You do the maths on that. <laughs> but, um, he's brilliant. Like He works so hard. He's always in the middle of stuff. He's intervening. And um, to get the uphand in the scrimmage as well, which he used to do a lot anyway. Yeah, he's got,
1: I mean, he's got over 300 appearances for Sale
2: Sharks. And he's hardly played for the last two years. Like He is such a valuable player. and I, you know, I was delighted to see him starting. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, this isn't going to go well. Because you know, when you're not seeing a player for a while, you think, hmm, there's a reason for that. Well, there isn't a reason for this. I don't know why they haven't made more... So Diamond was saying before he left that, yeah, it's great, now we can rotate Ross Harrison. But actually what happened is they just got rid of him completely. Mm. He just played... Very little, yeah. So I think he's miles ahead of not miles ahead, because they've got Bevanrod, who is completely unique as as loose head. Yeah, is he injured at the moment? Must be, must be. But he's completely, completely
3: but Then the, you've got the, and Simon yeah, McIntyre, Simon McIntyre on
1: on Asanya and Apoku Jaw. Apoku Fudjor.
3: Yeah, they're all Apoku quite. I mean, yeah, Fajor, who apparently can play. I've only seen him play tight head, mm. but apparently can play both sides. And he's not. Like, he's a big boy, but he's not that big for a certainly. Like He's being talked up to be an England Clearly te- international... Clearly a technician. Yes. Or just incredibly strong
1: and I, compact. I,
3: I think both, yeah. yeah. Technically very good he for someone so young. He
1: ruined uh, Tom West. Very watching, strong. You know, Tom West is no mug. He's, was,
3: a, he's an experienced
2: premiership player. And I was watching these scrums. It wasn't clear to me they were all penalties. It was like the... Sale got up early in the game. And then after that, they kind of had... Just the rub of the green because it was perceived that they were dominant. was ever but, thus. But yeah, yeah, be, yeah. being
3: dominant and showing a picture that shows you're dominant,
2: that the outcome's the same. It is the same, isn't it? It's the same. Are you right? Yeah, absolutely right. It's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah. So they did great, and it's important because I was watching this game and Saracens just refused to die. Like, why will not they die? And they they, they won't they won't they, just they just give won't. up. Yeah, yeah. They're a nightmare. I thought they were going to beat Sale. I was I thought, I thought they convinced were convinced it was over.
3: After that, was it Van Zyl? Van Zyl, um, yes, interception yeah. just before half time, and you are like, Saracens going to win this. They're like when it got late in the game, when it's a two point game, you are like,
1: they're going to do something. Similar. They're going to, oh. they're going to just sneak this from Sale. So they'll they find a, a bit, way to win. They did play a bit of crazy rugby though in so, Sale's half with the, minutes going down and just shipping rubbish balls. Yeah. Nick Tompkins throwing the ball back twenty meters.
2: Well, I mean, it, and there is the other factor in this. I mean, I don't know. How I describe this, but maybe there is Rob Dupree and then there's Robert Dupree. One of them's really good and one of them's really bad. <laughs> now, the really bad... i Rob Prier is really bad. Robert Dupree is really good. <laughs> Rob Prier showed up this game. There's no choice by throwing things into touch, missing tackles. It, it, it was just not an impressive, <laughs> I, impressive it, performance. It wasn't really a day for the backs, though, was it? No, nope, because kept on throwing it, throwing intercepts.
3: It was so windy, so blustery. Like the, some of the kicks, I've never seen a game where so many kicks, like bombs, just were not risk, not taken. Just, yeah. just they either bounced or players jumped in the air and
2: got a fingertip to it and didn't take it cleanly. It's horrible conditions to play in. One of the best substitutions of, of the game was Sam Bedloe coming on for Manning. It um, was a forced, enforced substitution as mm-hmm. soon as Bedloe. Comes on, sales score. Mm. By the way, AJ Bell packed. Uh, mm. A few people that I spoke to like that's the best atmosphere that we've seen there for a long time. Well, I, which I was, is
3: awesome. I was in the same fixture last season, which was March, I think March or April of this year, and it was a sellout again. Then, and it was it, it really good day, great atmosphere then. And this this looked
2: from from TV. Did it look great? Did anyone feel a a little, little bit sad watching Manu versus Billy, two declining <laughs> forces really and and t-
3: Mako when the scrum was getting pumped uh i I kind of feel like they've had that day and i and this is like I mentioned this last week about um the difference between Saracens and Exeter. and Rob Bax are just cleared house like completely cleared I was kept two or three guys whereas Saracens they are trying to hold on to guys and and some of the boys like Goode is still performing well mm-hmm. Maitland is still Maitland's 35 is he's,
2: he 35? yeah goodness
3: me he's still a, a very solid good performing premiership winger other guys maybe are not quite there, like Billy, uh, Billy, and Mako are not performing at the level They're they not, were. saying. it, it three, It's a horrible four, thing
2: for Saracens because so ago. many of their good memories are formed around both those players. Yeah, it's time to move on. They've been such
3: good, and they will be on. They will still be on big money. There yeah. will be a lot of salary cap tied up in those two.
2: The Saracens, uh, Saracens family ethos is going to get really tested because at some point you've got to say goodbye. Yes, and I think it's time. Same with Manu. When commenta- when the commentating team said Alex Anderson thinks he's got two more years left at this level. So there are a few people in my life who care about me dearly who occasionally say to me, no, stop. (laughs) And this is what I want to say to Alex Sanderson when he starts talking about um, Manu. Two more years left. No, no, no. Like, you've got other boys, throw them in. It
1: is time to move on. That's what... Gillette should be doing their advert about it. <laughs> no that's
2: not okay not cool bro not yeah, cool bro yeah yeah with, with yeah, with loads of <laughs> adoring DORs looking at past it stars
3: Manu he could be so good like look at the hit on
1: the in the oh he's come out come out are we in yes thing. sorry I keep, right. I keep touching my microphone that's alright
3: um, yeah look, look at how you get these little glimpses of Manu
2: where you think oh he's back to his best but he's just not. He's, he's not. not. He's not. and He's not going to be. It's over. It's over. If you want to see what Manu, if you want to see Manu at his best, go watch Bath. Or go and watch uh, Ollie Lawrence.
1: Yeah, but who plays twelve for England? Uh, Max Ogermo. Mm. He's actually
2: a twelve. He Is actually yeah. a twelve? He's a bloody good twelve. Tell you what, what you would do now for Cam Redpath to be an England player? Yeah, or or Tompkins. Tompkins or Redpath would be. Yeah, I do you know Atkinson from Gloucester. Just give him a go, Big Seb, Big Seb Atkinson, um, or your boy from Leicester, whose name always a Dan,
1: Dan Kelly. Although Dan he's being
2: played at thirteen, he has, yeah.
1: I like and
3: Porter. Boys like Porter Kelly. I like Kelly. I just I've not seen it from him this no. season. Not, I don't think not he's since a, his last injury. Yeah, I don't think he's playing particularly well at the moment. Yeah, Porter. I assume Porter's injured because he's not playing. Um, yeah, it's a tough one.
1: One 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 he one,
2: talk about, has anyone um, seen the Vacatua try for? Bristol? That's a nice story
1: with, yeah. with what he's gone through and now being back playing rugby and scoring and looking wins. ace, looking ace.
2: Oh, I've not seen the try. Has anyone oh, seen that? It? It's a hell of a try.
1: Is it hand like, off e- acceleration? Speed defender like how far out? about forty. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. several defenders beaten. It's the power of the first yeah. handoff and then the acceleration. Yeah, it was one of those. It's one of those handoffs where it's like he's. Um, just hit a boost button on Mario Kart or something bam bam, push off and accelerate at the same time good night it is
2: a great story because the French the reason he retired is because the French medical procedures are so strict so it has been a risk to get him over here Mm. yeah Christ if he's playing that well why it seems very unfair doesn't it that if he wants to take that risk and he's playing so well he has to give it, He looks like an international. Why can't he play international? I mean, who's? Got
3: well, he can't play international for France. But if he's not played for them for three years, he can play internationally for Fiji.
2: True. There again, why France have got no rules about playing overseas? Uh, they don't.
3: But it might be to do with their. Because I, I, my understanding was it was a medical-driven insurance problem. That's, yeah, that's right. So he couldn't so be definitely insured. Not have
1: have any rules about playing but, abroad because french players don't play a, why, don't play abroad yeah if you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a year why would you move yeah why would you move to an english-speaking nation there are 14 the money? 14 and ama- well about 30 amazing clubs to choose from in france
2: yeah so that rule is kind of superfluous yeah. but in a way it works for them because they keep all the best players because the money's right but when you have an injury risk and someone who needs to rediscover himself like vaca tower mm. well there you go 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 pick him or they'll he has got to be better than Gail Ficou, and that isn't necessarily easy. Yeah,
3: Fiku and Dante. Yeah, good uh, that. yeah.
1: Well, they're the starting ones, but he, he might be better than Moafana.
3: I think he is mm. better than Moafana, even though Moafana plays for
1: my beloved Bordeaux. Or, um, what's the, the lad, the other guy, that uh, Clement? No. There's was, the young. Vanson. Van Vanson, Van that's the one. Yeah. And then there's Gaetan, who is. Who's l- yeah. coming through.
2: I mean, you know, it turns out France probably don't need him, but I'd love to see him force his way through. <coughs> Fiji yeah.
3: would,
1: would just be a nice story wouldn't it
2: it would be good and I, it's, it just, it's already a nice story can I tell you something which is really bugging me about Premiership Rugby this, this week <laughs> go on and it's something which everyone will think oh that's innocuous why is JV getting wound up about this but I am getting wound up about it the amount of DLRs that want to lecture you about what your home life should be like so Saracen's did it <laughs> um, Alex Anderson did it <laughs> Uh, someone else did, like, yeah, we're just gonna switch off and spend time with our families now. Like, we're just gonna, we just, it's a family Christmas. We're just gonna all go away and have a break from rugby. It's like, what if you don't have a family? Like, why do I have to be lectured by the fuck? Excuse me, by the DOR. Like, oh yeah, you've all got to go to your families now and enjoy your family time because we're really good family men Stop it! If you want to go and go and spend time with your family, go and do it on your own time and don't mention it to me.
1: Uh, I mean, so here's an alternative, right? So, ask me. I'm Alex Anderson. Ask me um, what, what's happening over the next week. What's what's happening over the next week? Well, you know, it's uh, oh no, it's not. That's Steve Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. <laughs> I right, do it as Steve Diamond. Well, you know, t- t- it's it's a family time. Of year so I'm going to go back. I'm I'm, I'm going to spend some time with the family. Some of the lads, though, are going to be swiping right on Cinder for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is
2: exactly right. You know, why do we all have to have like the most wholesome? F- yeah, you know, we're going to. Yeah, that's what they're basically saying. We're going to spend five days being utterly wholesome, and then we're going to come back. <laughs> like, shut up.
3: Some of the boys are going to be partying. In the manchester metropolitan <laughs> Students Union student Halls of residence i
2: absolutely hate it i hate it so much
1: uh, <laughs> i've just seen an email here contact ted chases at com. one of the things in fact you know this about me what's one of the things i uh, associate most with the festive period
2: Ooh,
3: the
1: Winter Olympics Athletes Village.
2: Oh, no, um, of course I know exactly what this is. Die Hard. No, it is
1: um, Strongman. World's Strongest oh, Man. Oh, yes. Uh, memory, me and my brother and I my do... dad would watch World's Strongest Man. Has it started yet? It has started, oh, I didn't realise. The, right, but, but we got amazing. an email from Graham Smith, who's he's just reminded me about World's Strongest Man. I need to get recorded. So, spoiler alert for the first episode. He says, just watching World's Strongest Man, a bloke who came last... Just did the hacker to wow the crowd. Oh, WTF? If Steve from the Midlands came last, he wouldn't be paraded like that, nor would he take it. All Kiwis I know would be embarrassed by that. <laughs> no, it's special and cultural. Well, he's done well. To, I suppose he's had to qualify to get there.
2: Hey, if you're if you're even in
1: in the
3: conversation for the
2: strongest man, yeah, yeah. if you're even talking about me as a potential top ten, <laughs> <laughs>
3: top fifty. Yeah, but well, this will be the. Pre- I think now it would be the the qualifying heats but yeah. that means he's one of the strongest five in his if region I'm the, if so I'm the like... top
2: five in my level 7 rugby club i am delighted <laughs> <double-eyed. laughs> but you are you are legitimately the strongest in your box so get okay. oh uh, i uh, five
1: rep squats him do you want to know it five rep squat i think i know the answer to that i think w- 185 more than what One Huge. eight five this week that's ridiculous yeah, that's okay it's reasonable <laughs> that's good and and you are and again
2: there's more scale. I'm going to do one nice. I, I was going to say,
1: I see people putting weight like that on in, in like a, a regular gym. CrossFit <laughs> gyms actually have standards, I have to say. Mm. The movement standards, it's functional and, and good weight on it. But um, you see people in like your pure gym or whatever, who will put that much weight on, grunt and make loads of noise so people look at them, and then they'll do about 45 degree. Oh, believe not be, I want yeah, the, the attention. Move and the bar and under inches. my breath, whenever I watch people do it, and I, they, they do their five reps, I go, zero. No rep. Zero. 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 Oh, yeah, good zero.
2: zero. My, my favourite lift is the front squat. I love to do a front squat in a commercial gym right to the bottom. Right to the bottom, <laughs> sit there, maybe a few seconds, make sure everyone's watching, and then stand up. <laughs> Very good. Um, have we talked about all the games?
1: We uh, Pretty much. I mean, did we you see- not,
2: Well, there's a few more things I'd like to talk about. So we didn't say anything about Harlequins, and we didn't speak about England's potential number eight. Yes. Alfie Barbary. And now I know we spoke about him a bit last week, and he's a constant source of... Uh, well, a constant topic on this, on this on this podcast. But after this week, I thought he was impressive again. Do you think he's made... Enough of an impact to be the England number
3: eight. So I, I think. So this was obviously a battle of the potential number eights, um, Barber against Don Brandt. and with the number of injured players and players who were unavailable, so no Ludlam, no Curry. Earl uh,
1: is going to be back for the Six Nations, I okay. think. So I think but he no will be starting number eight. Well, we
3: hope so. But Billy, there's no chance, as we discussed before, or there should be no chance. Um, there shouldn't really have been any chance of him playing in the World Cup semi final is, Mer- is that that did is
1: the one that we were imagining was going to have the kind of impact that Barbary is now is that, that, Mer- that Mercer yep. who plays for Bath yeah according to <laughs> Stephen Jones yeah yeah I read that read so that I in like, the Times good god Stephen uh, on, I on, quite good article actually I was reading I was like, it yeah, it was, it was a, an okay article he didn't mention it, so it, it was Stephen Jones talking about uh, potential England players new faces and he re- kept referring to Bath's Zach Mercer, which is, you know, three years ago, he did play for Bath, to be fair to him. Yeah, no, but he's reinvented his game at Bath, that's yeah. right. <laughs> nah,
2: <yeah. laughs> when you make a comment about what he's doing at Bath?
1: But he didn't mention Tommy Freeman. Did mm. he? And there was, there was a few other players like that, that were, like, obvious ones that you well, would mention. And he he mentioned mention. Harry Thacker, right? And you mentioned Harry Thacker. But I don't
2: think you'd describe him as young Harry Thacker anymore, no, would you? No, you wouldn't. Right, you wouldn't. It's <laughs> not a young gun. No. There was another one on there who just wasn't young enough to be described as one of England's young. How old is Harry? Harry Thacker's about twenty-eight. He's twenty-nine. Yeah, Harry Thacker. he's he's really getting on though. <laughs> so he, he's got a good few years left.
3: Him as a front row. Yeah, right.
2: but you wouldn't say he's, he's not young. Like, exactly
3: twenty-nine in rugby terms, you are is you he, are over middle-aged yes, in terms I, of rugby age.
1: I think with the context of all of the injuries, he would be in the wide, definitely in the wider training squad, and he's he's pushing. So he's
2: let's pushing. just have a look at the what, people that he's. Atkinson, yep, down with that. Thacker, not young enough. This is an interesting one, and I know where I stand. It's a no, but I'll throw him out there.
1: Miles Reid. He d- but also in that article, he didn't mention Finn Smith. He mentioned Charlie Atkinson, but he does not mention Finn Smith. Which is wild, that Which is it? interesting. Which is like, I'm yeah. vi- I'm t- are you really watching the Prem? My- Miles Reed is... Yeah, yeah, are
2: you watching? Are you actually paying attention to what's happening? It does mean, um Ollie Hartley's in there after one game, because Ollie Hartley was not that impressive against Cell Sharks.
1: Well, no, no,
2: no backs
3: were.
1: He word, loves though,
2: Saracens,
3: doesn't he? He does. <laughs> Nothing
1: wrong with that, but he does. He loves, <laughs> loves Saracens where he will mention Ollie Hartley, who, it looks promising, but he'll mention Ollie Hartley but won't mention Tommy Freeman or Finn Smith.
3: Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I, I do, I always remember his um, Saracens salary cap breach pod before the report came out where he nearly had a he was nearly crying (laughs) on the podcast defending Saracen defending what turned out to be literally the indefensible
2: so let's talk about uh, okay so we're going to go on to barbara what about miles reed do you think miles reed's got a chance of it i think
3: i think he could be in the squad Uh, like i don't think he will be but i think he could be in the conversation so
1: so so Uh, Ben O were we're expecting to be fit that's one spot George Martin and Ollie Chesson will be kind of your hybrid six.
3: six slash, yeah. six. Yeah, take, t- take the old, take the old according so, laws. So
1: that'll be a second. If you take one of those as a second spot, um, you'll have Sam Underhill. That'll be three. Yeah. But Sam Underhill didn't play this week. Is he fit? he's been fit so I don't he's, know I
2: mean if he's fit I, if a fully yeah. firing Simon Hill is in Yeah, but if he's not in and you can never guarantee he's going
3: to so be so that,
1: that's kind of three and I can't think of anyone else that you sort of go oh they have to be in Ludlow Ludlum sorry no,
2: I've not seen him for a little while yeah he's not been fit
3: has I'll he? give
1: you
2: one right which you'll think I'm mental for mentioning um is a Harlequin not the one you think I'm going to say not Don Brown not Chandler not Kenningham not Kenningham not Will Evans um I keep calling him Chisholm. 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 I think he could could play for England. I really think he could play for England. I think he bangs hard. He gets over the game line. He can play across all three back row positions. I'm not saying he's a nailed on starter, but I'd give him a go. So I think he
3: is, and I said this to you when we're on our run, I think he is like a Jackson Ray type player.
2: Yes, I agree with that.
3: He's very, very useful to the club. Jackson Ray? He's just not quite... Good enough in any dimension. He's phenomenally useful. And who
2: does Jackson Ray remind you of historically? Uh, This is this, this is a good comparison in my mind. Go on, Martin
1: Corey. So Martin Corey mm, could play. Martin Corey could slot in at lock. Lock. He was more yeah.
2: so I think Jackson Ray could probably. No, back, back, he's not. Back, that I bet tall. Jackson Ray has played lock for Saracens. No,
1: he's not that. He big. might have packed down there, he's but not he's like not that. I mean, Martin like, Corey is six, six six five. Ja- Jackson, Jackson Ray's, Ray's six, maybe six two. one two. Mm, is he? I think he's bigger than that. No, I've... no. Maybe <laughs> I've, I've stood next to him when, it, when he gave me a boot, and then, you <laughs> gave, and then you gave my you gave those boots away. I did.
2: So the only other player I know was size fourteen feet twelve. No, they were
1: bigger than that, weren't they? No, they were size twelve.
3: Little yeah Jackson Reed's listed at at, at 62. Oh there you go. So not so maybe not
1: more size,
2: but still Yeah.
1: That's kind of No so um, so I think so you've got those three that are kind of nailed on. I think Ludlam, if fit, will be in and around. I think it's the number 8 position. I think ben, ben Curry will feel hard done by if he's not Yeah. in 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 the
2: mix. Well on Miles Reed, I don't think he's physical enough, but do you see one of the turnovers that he got? It was so good. And he's he's got a great engine. Very athletic. Just
3: he's not, a line out option. Um but yeah, he's not not, not going off mass. mass. Yeah. But
1: it, it is the number eight position that England needs depth in. And yeah. And Ben Ells emerged as the number one, but Barbary Mercer. Of of the players
3: who are fit and playing in the premiership this season, Barbary if you could only pick someone based on premiership form, yeah. Barbary would be the number one shout. Yes, so who, who were the
2: two that we discussed who are not fit, Tom Willis, correct. Not fit, but maybe could do something for England. And there's another one, wasn't there? Mercer, who's just back fit. And of course, uh, everyone is talking about, as we were, Chandler Cutting himself. But I just have not seen enough good moments from him yet. Cutting himself, for me, he's
3: two or three years off. He, he's agree. got the potential. Yeah. I think the but same. Not there yet. Gre-
1: Greg Fissell out is on track. Is yeah. on track,
2: but not there yet. I I would agree with that as well. So
3: both I of tell those you what I
1: really liked,
2: and I've not seen him for ages. Was the eight you played for Exeter for about three games, and I've not seen him since. I can't remember his name now. The tall lad, very the, the slim. Yeah, oh.
1: T- Tuema that they've
2: moved into. No, a- no, he was an English lad. He's been there for two or three years now. I know who you mean. Yeah, he's, he's
1: been, been tall, injured. Yeah,
2: he's
3: been
1: oh, in- hold on. Yeah, he he played uh, open side a lot. Um, he they played him like the Don. Richard he was Rich, th- uh, Cap- um, stick. Capstick. 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 Yeah, where
2: where is he? I
3: really he like. Must him. be injured. Must be.
1: For, probably being paid forty
2: k a year for the last three years, he'll he, come back. He he'll was be ace before we got. He was good, last year. Yeah,
1: really yeah. good. Yeah, so cool. Um, I reckon we we should. Oh, uh, just I've, I've got to mention this. Matt Cotton, uh, Times writer, speaking about mm. you know about, um, one person who always gets his facts uh, on right. the money and is always on the pulse uh, is Matthew Cotton uh, with his. Usually on a th- on a Thursday or a Friday, you'll be able to read his uh, weekend preview. And he says, um, he's emailed contacttedchases at gmail.com and says, uh, love the pod, not my wife, blah. That's, that's a new one. I like that. That's, that's demonstration that you're a long time listener. He says, just to bring your attention that this weekend in the Gloucester v Northampton game, we, we have, he's talking in the future tense, but now we ha- we had what can only be described as the World Cup final of rugby social media handles. It's Ethan Waller versus Mark Atkinson, aka Beef324 <laughs> versus Sausage, Sausage Legs10. 10. Legs
2: 10. Well, of course, it's not Sausage Legs10 anymore. It's no, not. he changed
1: it. I'm, I'm devastated he changed it. it. But anyway, he says, I hope the, the three of you have a wonderful and safe festive period and that JB gets as much time away from his family as possible. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for another uh, great year of podding. Let the email end.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, talking of um, time away from my family, I'm taking all my family around to your house, Tim. Oh, they're all coming round. Oh, brilliant. They're all, they're all coming round on mass. Fantastic. En masse. Fantastic. Uh,
3: yeah.
1: uh, and we've got some beers. Mm, I might uh, I might bring the kids round for an hour. Oh, nice. Or, or two. Yeah, we've yeah. got, I've just, we just said open house. It's something that I remember my parents doing on yeah, Christmas Eve. We, we used to do something like this on Boxing Day. And But you've always got that slight panic that oh, it, hardly anyone will turn up. So you, we've invited so many people. <laughs> That's hard <laughs> to do it. it could be carnage, but I'm sure it'll be fun. It'll be lovely. Yeah, yeah great. Brilliant. Mm. Well, we can continue the the so chat there.
2: Our listener Phil has dropped off uh, some whiskey for us. Oh wow! Dropped off a crate of bottled ale, a crate of candale So
1: I'll be bringing it. Oh, incredible! incredible. Mm. Outstanding. Oh, is, is that, it is it is Wheatwood? That, is that the guys from Wheatwood? Wheatwood, it
2: is Wheatwood. Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: So, so w- yeah, it's a Cheshire. It's an English
3: uh, single malt whiskey. It is. I, so it I,
2: I, to, I mean, what's the time now? Uh, we are still before midday. What is the time now? Uh, 11 minutes to 12. Why don't I, get, why don't I bring the whiskey down will do a whiskey tasting just before we go. We'll do it, let's, a do, little let's do it on the Patreon pod.
1: Well, no, because everyone wants to know what Wheatworth, Wheatworth whiskey's like. Wheatwood. Wheatwood Ales Wheatwood. And Distillery. At Phil McLaughlin. So, bring, yeah. bring the bottle down. Let's have a quick look but at bring it. Bring the single malt whiskey down. I'll tell you what, very quickly, though, do that after we've just had a, a very brief chat about uh, the disaster that is Bill Sweeney. Oh, yes, oh, please. God. Here we go. So, to summarise, the professional game... I can never remember. PGP is it or PG? Uh, the professional game agreement. Yeah,
3: yeah, but it, it also gets called something else. It's sometimes PG P or PGB. Anyway,
1: whatever it is, the the uh, the agreement for English domestic rugby moving forward. Is reaching it? It appears the the crucial and maybe final stage where the Premiership directors of rugby and chairman and owners and everyone met in London this week to discuss it. They seem fairly happy with where it's going. It involving twenty five centrally contracted players who, where the RFU pays so twenty five times one hundred and fifty k. Can't do quick maths like that, Phil. Can that's like thirty seven and a half? Uh, no, three point seven five million pounds. Mm-hmm.
3: They, of, yeah. Is that right? If you say so, 25, right? 25 times 150k. 15.5 two point five million. Oh,
1: God. Uh, and then 50k, yeah, 20, 50K yeah. times 25. Anyway, I think it's... Anyway, a lot of money yes. from the RFU coffers is being spent on English rugby players already playing in the premiership. And meanwhile, Bill Sweeney has just said the most incendiary comments that have really ruffled the feathers of championship clubs, whose owners have poured a lot of money in over the years and that that shouldn't be forgotten because at the same time that they've been doing that to keep the game uh, below the premiership afloat the RFU have and this is the bit that that really made my piss boil when I read Bill Sweeney's comments he completely ignores the fact that the RFU funding for the championship went from £650,000 to £150,000 Yes,
2: and we got rid of that funding to fund the women's game it is almost an identical amount which went to the women's game which got taken away from the championship never forget that the championship was sacrificed at the altar of a cult so and
1: and so now surprise surprise you take half a million pounds per club away per year and uh, some clubs struggle because the owners take that take that uh, way and and then Bill Sweeney says oh yeah the championship doesn't deliver uh,
2: Mm. no he said something worse is that they've had Unsuccessful results in in that way, with yeah, he me? said, he's,
1: he, no, he, he described the RFU of, as having poured money into the championship, um, and it was like, no, you've extracted, yeah, seven S- odd million pounds per year. So
2: I kinda, I'm so mixed on this because the RFU's money is derived almost exclusively from the product of cl- of club players. So if the Premiership was not producing the club players, sorry, the international players, there would be no product for England, like zero. And I think the Premiership owners have got a real good argument when they turn around and they'll say openly, we need more money from the RFU. And the reason that we want more money from the RFU is because without their input, nothing happens. Oh, no,
1: I agree with that. But you know, the, prim- yeah. the Premiership clubs also have funded academies, which the Championship clubs don't. Yeah, but
2: that funding comes from the RFU, and the RFU's money is purely derived from the services provided by, by the clubs. So, you know, it's like I'm taking, I'm taking money from your assets... And then I'm giving you something back. And then, oh, are you, are you not grateful for this? No, I'm not grateful for this because everything that you have generated has come from my assets. Yeah. So, and I, I do see where there's a problem here. And you know, the RFU keep sticking their nose into things which the, where, where it doesn't really belong because what are they? Are they a guardian of the grassroots game? Are they a governing body? Or are they a professional rugby team? They don't know themselves because they're too incompetent to really work it out. And then on top of that, they change direction. On a political whim, so you said extraction of money. That's not a problem per se if they did it gradually by five percent every single year for twenty years. But they just decided to flip a coin and went, "Oh, okay. Well, women's game needs needs money. So, sorry, Championship, you're you know you're all out. You're not trendy now."
1: And, and I would, and bearing in mind that all of the money, as you rightly pointed out, from rugby, I mean, there's bottom up money from member clubs, mm. etc. But the top down money from the national team funding basically everything is the Championship have a significant role to play there with... I mean, you, you, we could be here till New Year's Eve listing players that have played at Championship clubs mm. before then pulling on an England jersey, and it's a vital, mm. I think it's a vital well, role, it's the the only... ch- part of the pathway. Sorry, go on for
3: that. Uh, well, I was going to say, the, the ch- Championship put out a statement, the, the clubs together put out a statement, and they say uh, in the last... They don't actually say the timescale, but they say part of the Championship there's been more than 100 internationally recognised players who've come through the Championship, which has been running for the last 12, 13 yeah. seasons. So from that, you can see you'd, you'd have to list the 100-plus players who've
1: taken that route. Yeah, and in terms of like efficiency here, the, the I think the Premiership, we talked about what a great product it is. I think one of the stories that doesn't get told about the Premiership, it is an unbelievably inefficient place of huge waste and dearth of talent that just gets just gets binned because you have so many great lads with potential aged 18, 19, just sat in academies playing no meaningful, high-quality rugby, never Mm. playing first-team rugby and then leaving the sport. Okay, so this is exactly
2: why we need loads of changes in the premiership, like the minimum wage, so you can't do this. You're not going to keep a lad if you've got to pay him him 80K. You've got to get rid of him, right? So you've got that. Um, You've also got to remember that there is the... the way I look at like this unholy, let's use Michael Owen's Michael phrase, um, like an, an, an unholy union. And it's sort of like this circular thing of the RFU, the premiership clubs, the private schools. Because if you get that circle, like that's where all the, all the players come from. So do they get d- developed by the private schools, then they get developed by the clubs, and they get fed into England. Then England will say, well, we actually provide the funding for the academies, which they, they kind of do and they kind of don't. Yeah. But that's the thing. And then if you look at everything below that, like the community game, that's where they generate their fan base. So they don't really care about us in terms of, you know, we're not going to get players from there. We'll get some players. If, if we do, phenomenal. But that's not really why you're there. You're there to spend your money at Twickenham. And then the championship is somewhere between these two. They're not in that sort of cosy club, that cosy circle. And they're not the grassroots game. They're something else. And they can't really find a role for them. That, that, that's the truth.
0: Mm.
3: But it's this whole thing. Because there was talk last week I don't know if it's gone anywhere or going anywhere. Of two more players coming onto joint contracts in Jamie George and Mario Toji were the two that were rumored last week. And what, whatever happens now, it feels like it's only ever going to be like a a kind of bad um, temporary solution. Like uh, the, the, uh, time yeah. to, Terrible the time, the uh, yeah, well, time to do this was yeah. twenty five years uh, ago. And if you think about now, yeah. Uh, Sorry, Phil. Yeah, no, no. Go on, uh, No,
1: what I was going to say is what is basically happening here is they've gone, right, we need to be sustainable because three clubs have gone bust. So I'll tell you how we're going to be sustainable. We'll lower the salary cap and then we'll pay the rest of the money that was there before, which is effectively what they're doing. They're pretending everything's all right, but they're spending money they don't have to keep the old status quo. Not only that, I just
2: don't believe that spending money on hybrid contracts... Let's look at the three guys who are most likely to have them. Anthony Watson already has one. Yeah. He's a he's a 30-year-old winger. and it, A 30-year-old winger. With a phenomenal track record of getting injured. Yeah. Mario Toji, 29. Jamie George, 30-something, right? 32, 33. This is not how you spend your money. You are better off giving that money to the clubs to allocate in their salary cap as they see best.
3: Stephen Kitsoff said when he. And letting those guys go to France. Yes. Yeah. And get big money from France, take up slots of other players in France. And have them available and for And that's anyone. what
1: came to mind just then. Stephen Kitsoff the other week was interviewed uh, at your beloved Ulster, Phil. Mm. A good... Great, a good, great bloke. Good, good, good win. Good win good against Connacht. win against yeah. Connacht. Who um, he lost to earlier this season yeah. as well. So Stephen, Stephen Kitsoff said that at age 29 in South Africa, he felt like he was blocking the pathway of some mm. of the great young props. So he kind of felt like he as well as... Convenient
2: excuse for picking up £100,000, <laughs> is yeah, yeah, fair play. What a guy.
1: Go and, earn, go and earn what you can, but he says he th- thinks it's the best thing for the South African national team, as well as being the best thing for him He's as right. an individual and in his family. Right. Yes. Right.
2: As a seasoned pro, you should go to the place which best suits your talents. And, in such a short career, pays you the most money. Exactly. Uh, in four this, years'
3: time, yeah. Stephen Kitsoff will not be earning whatever, the hundreds of thousands of pounds I a year just, that he's getting from all
2: stuff. It's hard to describe how much I really hate the RFU now that I really understand how the whole thing works. It is hard. Because it's not just the incompetence and the nastiness. It, well, it is a nastiness, but it's a nastiness in so many different spheres. And one of the things which really gets me is just the entitlement to players' labour. They're not entitled... They're, they're, not only are they not entitled to it, they actively damage players going forward. Like And in, this is in every field. So you th- look at the concussion lawsuit, for instance. They'll do everything in their power to avoid the spectacle of a concussion and a lockout. But they won't do the only thing which really matters, which is reduce the amount of rugby. The only thing that matters, they, they won't do it because they don't care about players. Um, they, you look at players struggling to leave the game because they don't have enough money. Well, they'll do every, everything in their power to build the national team and pay those players. But they won't make sure that all the players can earn their true market value.
1: They don't care. And there is a zero sum element to this. So if next year Saracens say, "Oh, uh, we we broke even this year, or even made a, a modest profit," you go, you, "What you have to factor in is that, that yet yeah, you've been subsidised half a million pounds by out of central coffers. So actually, you have not made, you have not turned a profit." Mm. <sighs> I don't know so, in real terms because yeah. it is a zero sum game. Because that money that the RFU are spending to subsidise Saracens, keeping players that are well established and could go off and but get paid think, somewhere else, but I
2: don't even think that works, Tim. I don't even think it works, but you know, by its own standards, because I do not think that keeping those players on central contracts at those age uh, at that age in the same way Stephen off sort of yeah no that, I totally agree like, with you. It, if I'm paying Marotoji X amount of money, but he happens not to be the best lock this year, why should he play ahead of somebody else? Mm. Why should he play? Because you paid him. Because. Somebody in, in the RFU who's not on the ground day in, day out with these players has decided to give him money. Is that the reason that he plays? It's ridiculous. And, and
3: how would it work? Because I don't know. Because this, this has been addressed. And it's all rumours anyway. It's not. There's no concrete proposals. But how, would, how does it work with Anthony Watson? Does that come out of Leicester's salary cap or is it separate to the I, salary I cap? I imagine it must get counted it... within the cap. But no, it, but then it, what's, no
2: it, it won't do. It, 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 but wasn't. it can't because what's, what's the point of it then no one would it sign can't... up to that so you get paid the money for Anthony Watson you don't see him but it kind of comes off your cap I don't think he'd sign up to that
3: I'd, I'd, I, yeah I don't know how it works currently I don't know how it would work in the future unless it's going to be the only way to do it is to evenly distribute the
2: money and all the players so like look at Mario Mario is such a good example because he goes on a, co- on a hybrid contract and what's is it a rugby reason that they're doing that or is Wait, it a PR reason? Because many, many great players have stepped aside and they've been, and they've been replaced. Morrow's no different. It's Bruno all Driscoll got replaced in, like, no time.
3: It's all rumours at the moment, so yeah. we
2: don't really know. We don't know what the proposals would look like. Uh, Paul O'Connell. Oh, God, we'll never replace him. Yes, In two, In two seconds. gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Next guy up. So yeah. the reason they want Mar- Maratoji so much, I suspect, is because of the PR disaster. It's got nothing to do with rugby. Nothing to do with rugby.
1: It, and and so, so the two... <sighs> The two little flow charts, as it would go, Maro go into France, let's say Racing 92 next year, and Maro staying at Saracens. The flow diagram that follows on from that is Saracens have half a million pounds to invest in other players. Uh, There is a vacuum which has to be filled by someone. Hugh Tizard might have the season of his life. Mm. Um, The only thing that would have to change is England change their eligibility rules, which I understand would be really annoying for the players who've turned down Going abroad in yeah. recent years. But, I mean, yeah. it's not.
2: Yeah, you know, it can't be that much worse than and, what the players have already been through. To yeah, be honest. and
1: uh, so I think you're right on the PR point. It's the it's the owners of the premiership. It's, the, it's Premiership Rugby saying, "Hold on, our our product's not going to look great if we lose." I and think it's like a, that. It's
2: a complete mixture of things. Actually, the uh, the answer to this is if. Well, the answer to this is get rid of the CVC deal.
0: Right, <laughs> we, we keep. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. we spoke
2: at all about this without actually remembering why all of this. Um, deck chair shuffling is occurring, it's because of the CVC deal. Never forget the CVC deal. Stop the CVC deal, and then start talking about everything else. And then yeah. you like,
3: ah, right, okay, this is why we're desperate. You will never be able to unwind that CVC deal
2: now. Oh, yes, you will. But it's going to be very painful. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's yeah. coming.
1: Sorry. Oh. I mean, oh, uh, yeah, Lead again. i mean. There you go. Um,
3: it could unwind if the whole thing collapses, or it could unwind if you pay... Uh, millions of tens of millions of pounds, in fact, hundreds of millions of pounds
2: that the Premiership Rugby clubs don't have. Well, presumably, if Premiership Rugby and the RFU continue to do such a horrendous job with their own product, which is completely likely, I mean, the trend lines look promising, um, you could just buy that back off CVC.
3: But it's it's worth... So it was... What, £200 million that CVC paid?
1: What is it, 27% of every te- TV And every TV te- Yeah, Forevermore. It's
3: worth, it's, I, I think it's worth, yeah, forevermore. So it's worth, even though the TV deals are, deals are static, it was probably still a good deal for CVC. So it's probably oh, worth yeah. more than £200 million for the Premiership Club. £200 million that the Premiership Clubs do not have yeah, to buy but, out.
1: But where a CVC, on how many years has it been going now? About four? For five, five. years let's, let's say five years at, what's the Premiership, deal per year Four, 30 million 40 million like? I have okay, in my head let's say forty million five years that's
3: 12 million a year times 5 years 60 million has been repaid of that 200, 200 million.
1: million so they only needs another 10 years and CVC are, are in profit well hang on
2: yeah right. a bit just a thing like this. such more if I'm if you get a group of wealthy owners and there are a group of wealthy owners out there how wealthy I don't know but if you did and you just look at the trend lines of who's watching rugby less and less people all of the time you look at the expertise that the CBC are willing and have put into the rugby, into rugby, which is um, zero. Uh, zero. Uh, yeah, absolutely yeah. fucking I'm, zero. I'm going to
1: stop, but uh, more people are watching international rugby, uh, but fewer people are watching premiership. premiership. Yeah.
2: Yep. So they've got this premiership thing, which is decreasing the value, um, and the TV money is static, so in real terms it, it's decreased too. Then why not sell it back? So okay, yeah, you can have this back. You know, at sixty million, we've got twelve million, twelve mm-hmm. million a year out for God knows how long or whatever it is. But they so come back at half the price because we, we just don't want it, and we can probably put this. But that money—that that that would something be else. That would be a right. So, if
3: so, let's let's say sixty million. That means, CVC have taken sixty million. They take another sixty million back. They lose eighty million on that deal. But they would, if they just hold on to it, and for another fifteen years, it has covered their original investment, and then every year is pure profit. Well,
2: the so question B then, if they could just... I mean, if they just sold it back at cost, you know, whatever they paid for it, they sold it back. They'd still make a loss because of, you know, its uh, real terms... It's, it's more real, likely the the they
1: yeah. sell it onto someone else who go, that looks like a but decent deal. If but CVC also... I, I can sit tight for 10 years. But for, but, yeah, but they, they can't, can they? Because they
2: need to make money every single year. So presumably, the geniuses at CVC will go, yeah, we'll take our money back and we'll invest it in something which actually... Performs because in their mind, this TV money was going to grow every single year. It, it was just a non-stop gravy train of success, much like it was f- for their F one venture. Well, well, kind of. But now, now they are they are
3: doing nothing. They are doing absolutely nothing and just taking in whatever it is, 10, 12 million a year. That, that's for for a, nothing.
1: When you factor in, it, in inflation, the, the premiership TV deal is going down. Going oh, down yeah. a massive Huge amount. Down. And that compounds as well.
2: Yeah, at yeah. Time. Which is why we've got this shuffle of, of the deck chairs. So the, so
1: the
3: only thing would be the, it's the opportunity cost of not investing that elsewhere. But if you're just getting 10, 12 million a year, like it, it it will take, it's more than 100 million for the premiership, like just doing the rough numbers, it's more than 100 million for the premiership clubs to buy CVC out of this deal Uh, best case more than 100 million they don't have more than 100 million
2: no but the owners might Um, owners might decide I mean one
3: one or two of them might but then you're going to have an asymmetric ownership then so like
2: Steve Lansdowne could probably buy it out yeah I mean sharks can't they probably could. <laughs> uh, they, they, they could. They could find the money for it if they, if they need to. Sales
1: Shark
3: an
2: organisation cannot.
3: But then again, yeah. if
1: it was a good deal New for. Newcastle if, couldn't,
3: Leicester couldn't. If no. it was a
1: good enough deal for the Premiership clubs to buy it back, that would also say it's a good enough deal for CBC not to, to, sell it. to retain it. Well I,
2: well, I guess my point would be if CBC are looking at this thing and they are not doing anything with it, are they? It's just sitting on their books and G- getting them a nice know, bit of margin all, every year.
1: Well, They've got no risk. Unlike the no, premiership clubs. They,
2: no, no, but they do have risks, don't they? Because if they're just sitting there... Well, I'm sorry,
1: they, um, don't, they don't have any um, running costs. Yeah, but if you look at the premiership, right, you, their biggest
2: risk is the whole thing falling over in its entirety, right? Well, the That's R- what well, they're
1: avoiding. CBC are happy because the RFU are, are, are uh, subsidising premiership clubs, so that doesn't happen.
2: No, they're not, because we keep forgetting that the RFU money is only premiership money re, um, re- rebadged and, and, and repackaged. RFU money... Is simply the product of Premiership players going to England and opening up Twickenham twelve times a year. That's all it is. So you have no Premiership, you have no England.
1: Yeah, but the the, the amount of that money which the RFU are diverting back to the Premiership has increased. Yeah, so, is
2: increasing. Look, the Premiership give these players to England. They get paid an amount, and then if if the if the Premiership kept all of the revenue made by their players in Twickenham, right? If they bought Twickenham and had you know, England, they would be far better off than giving their players for whatever the cost is. Or the price that's paid, and keeping all of the revenue that they—I
1: mean, they'd be so the RFU should just go go into um, like uh, below professional and event management. Correct,
2: Mm. basically correct. Mm. They they have nothing to do with the professional sport because they've proved themselves time and time again to be completely incompetent when it comes to it. Yeah. So, yeah. So if CBC are doing nothing with this with this asset that they've got. And they think the Premiership might fall over, which it might, which it may mm. well do. They could be wise to get rid of it. So a bunch of people who think, yeah, we can actually turn this into something which is profitable.
3: Yeah, but yeah. I
2: guess
3: my point is, I just don't oh. think the clubs. Am I back in? There you go. Um, <laughs> I don't think the clubs have the money to buy them out. I, not even close.
2: With well, the owners, might, but when you mention Newcastle, no. Yeah, yeah. No. It,
3: it would have to be. It would have to be like one or two owners. and Then you've got this horrible asymmetric ownership where. Uh, Steve Lansdowne and Bruce, Warner, Craig. Bruce Craig yeah Gloucester, they uh, own the whole product Hey, tell you which what? they probably
2: don't that'd want that, either
1: that'd be funny though
2: but I'll tell you what if you had one man with the vision of Simon Orange or one man with the vision of Steve Lansdowne or just one man uh, Tony mm. Rowe right I, he doesn't have the means to do it no. but like just one one man's vision owning the majority of it you, you know, no one thinks that it'd be better off if there were 12 slightly Different thinking versions of Dana White.
1: Like
2: you want one, D- you want one Dana White. It might not be the worst thing.
3: Mm. Oh no, I, I think it would be a better thing. I just don't think it's going to happen. Like it, it is not going to happen.
1: Agreed. Should have a look at the fixtures for the Christmas. Well, the post Christmas week, Friday 29th. ninth. One game on Friday, uh, Bristol Exeter.
3: Exeter, nice. I,
1: I have really enjoyed the fact that the top fourteen. Uh, sorry, URC have been doing all the derby matches in this week. This seems the right time. To, I know Premiership had their derby week a few weeks ago. Yep. This seems the right time to do the derby it week. It does.
2: Are they full teams, though? Are they full-strength teams? Yeah.
1: No. Like Perfect. Stormers v Bulls was a was a belter yesterday 26-20. Sorry, I
2: asked kind of the wrong question there. All the Irish teams, the, the strong team, uh, the strongest teams. Uh,
1: yes, Boxing Day, watch the Saint Ooh. Stephen's Day match Ooh, uh, down in Limerick, especially with the R G Snayman uh, news that he's going to be going to Leinster. That's going to be a, well. Actually, you don't even need that to make it spicy. Uh, Munster v Leinster is going to be something to watch on Boxing Day,
2: particularly if uh, R G Snayman throws an, in, an intercept on his own line. Well, he's
1: not fit, so he won't play for Munster. <laughs> he's mainly going to play for Munster. <laughs> It'll probably go and be amazing for leinster <laughs> you probably uh, will, won't you? and that would just make it worse uh, but no you've got bristol exeter which feels a, a little bit Derbyish on friday night but then saracen's newcastle on saturday um mm. sale is the live game on saturday that'd so be a good game
2: i'm reading these teams i generally do not know if these are the two strongest teams they can put out or not so i don't know why i'm reading them uh reading munster leinster
1: you, you you know with leinster is it an International player,
2: so okay, Ross Maloney, Joe McCarthy, Max Deegan, Scott Penny, Jack Conan is the back, is the back. Oh, the there school. is a
1: few changes there, but I mean, mm. very good. Mike, I mean, yeah, Gibson it's, Park, it's Harry le- Byrne, Kieran Frawley, Gary Ringrose, Jordan Lama, Robbie Russell, Hugo Keane. Who's Rob Russell? He's a winger, but yeah, I, know, are, I know that. he's got They have made a few changes, to be fair. Um, Munster look like they're going in fully loaded. Kevin Nash is a cool name, Calvin, Calvin Nash. Mm. Um, but yeah so I would have liked the derby week in the premiership to be this week it just makes sense but nevertheless we have got like I say those games on Saturday who's Thomas Clarkson
2: don't know oh I do know Jason Jenkins Ryan Bird yeah
1: know him Bristol Exeter um, Exeter managed to go unbeaten at home in all of 2023 perfect 400 days now
2: I mean in my heart of hearts I really hope Exeter give Bristol one hell of a beating That (laughs) that would make my Christmas
1: <laughs> that's Friday night, you got that to look forward to Friday 29th uh, Saracens, Newcastle, home win Big Nor- Northampton, Sale, that's pretty tasty That'll be a good game Nor- Oh, are we going to that? The Langdon Bowl No, what? no, it's the Bayonne game we got invited to at Northampton oh,
2: oh, Are we going to that? If you want to go to that I want, really want to go to that yeah. Yeah. I really want to go to that Friday Your night.
1: boys got beat this week, didn't they, Tim? Yeah, they did Was it Who did they play? Perpignan uh, Perpignan Oh, yeah but, uh, And who were in the relegation spot Yeah, so, yeah That's not good
2: Disappointing so, was My boys... Ordo hammered Leon, they absolutely did. hammered him. And I found out this week that my, <laughs> my boys Benetton uh, employed Paolo a I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Saints-Sale, at uh, Quinns, you'd imagine, are going to beat Gloucester at home. Saints-Sale's hard to call.
3: Yeah, that'll be a good game. Really good.
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure Sale will batter them. I think Sale will hold them hold their throat to the floor early doors and continue to hit them in the face until Northampton leaves.
1: And I don't know what the plans Metaphorically. are. Metaphorically. <laughs> I don't know what plans are podcasting-wise around this period, but um, Leicester v Bath, New Year's Eve, 3pm. When is mm. New Year's Eve? It's Sunday. Sunday. It's Sunday, so Sunday the 3rd. Week today.
2: I've got nothing on New Year's Eve. If, if anyone wants to invite me to a New Year's Eve party, <laughs> I am available. I have literally nothing on.
3: Mm. Party uh, New Year's Eve podcast, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you bet.
1: Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to go and get your wheat... wheat- oh, yeah, you, you do this, because I have no interest but in the... Uh, yeah.
3: I am not I'm not going to have any whiskey. I'm not, I've got to go... I've got to drive back. Oil.
1: Wheatwood, ales and distillery.
3: I'll take some Wheatwood ales, though.
1: And uh, JB said we've got to set some beers as well, was that?
3: Yeah, Wheatwood ales, some, some IPAs, some real ales.
1: We are, we are guns for hire if you want any beers mentioned. No doubt, especially if they're nice. Um... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I picked a good time to have an open house, if JB's bringing some of that round. (laughs) Nice. Went out to buy ice today. That was the last Mm. thing I had to buy. The only thing I had to buy on my list. Handy. Managed to get everything. Although sprouts and parsnips were hard to come by. Oh, really? Yeah. The only thing, I've
3: had everything that I needed, apart from I had to uh, go to three shops to get shallots, nice because um, I'm doing uh, Middle Eastern or oh lovely this, this evening oh nice I need some shallots for that and I pr- I'll probably realise tomorrow that I've forgotten loads of stuff
1: yeah standard <laughs> it is mad isn't it you get like oh I've. you still panic a little bit oh I've got about two months worth of food in I'm effectively a prepper and <coughs> still panic Am I? Oh shops, am I going to run out of something? Shops There's are closed 24 for four yeah. hours. That the shops are shut. Shops are closed
3: for one day. So mm. we have got the Cheshire Single Malt English Whiskey, second release by Wheatwood. Uh, you can give your thoughts premium on premium English anything. malted barley, soft Cheshire water, matured in American oak quarter casks, which have been shaved, toasted, and recharged to our specification one so, of only 2,170 bottle release oh, wow. and it's um, and we're going to have it with coke <laughs> <laughs>
1: do you know what the uh, like the, the soft water there they mentioned in Cheshire honestly you cannot get nearly as good a cup of tea down south as you can up here <laughs> that is so true it's so true because the water is above ground yeah. around these parts whereas it comes through chalk and limestone yeah, and stuff yeah. in the south it's horrible Uh, when you get it out the tap it's all cloudy Mm, so my
3: my favourite um, whiskey story is uh, a boy that you two used to play with um, once told me oh I was really getting into my whiskies (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly who this is really getting into my whiskies what are you into he's like I found a really good one Jim Bean Honey (laughs) (laughs) it goes amazing with coke I was like
1: oh you're really you're you're really getting into your whiskies Uh, I'm terrible with whiskey. I want to be better. It's one of those. Like, You've got to really put the time in. Yeah. So when I
2: stopped drinking whiskey, so I kind of got into whiskey for a little bit and the whiskey I got into was a Japanese whiskey. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, do some really good ones. Sun, Suntory do a lot of it. Oh, yeah, they do. Our, our favourite brand. And um, I was working at a solicitor's practice and one of the guys there who used to be in the army, one of the other IFAs, who I massively respect, because he's been around the world, and he knows this stuff, because this whiskey stuff... Treat it with respect Everything else You can go well with Treat whiskey with, with respect I remember driving home Up the M56 I thought God I could do With a now and at that point I thought no This is what he's talking about and I thought no more whiskey for me No more whiskey.
1: I'm, I'm watching uh, Slow Horses at the minute And it's another one Of those shows Where and it must be Just a trope I don't believe people Actually do this You know whenever Something stressful Happens at work Yes And they go over To the decanter On the little sideboard And pour themselves A big whiskey. That's enough In the middle of the day Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, I, I agreed. Like, when you see someone drinking um, neat gin, like, if I'm stressed, the last thing I want is a neat <laughs> gin.
1: Oh, God, it smells delicious. Mm. Oh, that does smell good.
3: It smells very good.
1: good. We, I will have a uh, little. Oh, the, the leads come out again. Oh, no. Am I back in? Yeah, there you go. There we go. Happy Christmas.
2: Yeah. That's superb. Merry Christmas. Like, that is superb. That's very smooth.
1: I can drink that. I, can act- yeah. act- mm. I, I don't have to... Fair play. That is, that's yeah, that's
3: good. It's more like... So it's not like a Scotch single malt. No. Not not like a Highland or Petey. an Islay... Yeah, not peaty at all. No, if it's I was very to, smooth. If
2: I was to give my opinion on this... I, like a I don't Auburn, want to give my opinion on it. I'll tell you why. Because I don't want to... Um, I don't want to upset the makers of it. Because I might give my opinion and it might be completely what they're not going for. It does remind me of the very smooth Japanese whiskies. Mm. It reminds me of a bourbon. Like... Uh,
3: yeah, slightly sweet, a hint of sweetness, but not too sweet. Now one thing I've been told, so I'm not a big whiskey That's connoisseur. Awesome. So that is this is forty six percent over. Um a friend of mine, a good friend of ours, friend of the pod, CJ. He his I think his father in law is uh, certainly at some point been involved in the Edinburgh Whiskey Society. Of course he has. Of course. He moves in those circles. And he said, so CJ has definitely told me that you are supposed to water your whiskey down mm. to forty oh, percent. Well. So if it's forty six or forty eight or even forty two, and so a lot of uh, Edinburgh uh, whiskey bars or pubs will have a little copper tap that you can turn on on the bar that a patron can turn on themselves, which will just drop a few drops oh. just to get it to the perfectly level. Uh, 40%. That is absolutely superb. It's I'm not just saying that.
2: that because it's free. I'm saying <laughs> in it. that is genuinely it's genuinely superb. Beautiful.
1: Ooh. Have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you for your support over the year. And uh, for more, where JB's question that you just posed at the start of the podcast, who, who's basically the biggest disaster of a DOR. No, most embarrassing DOR. Most embarrassing so DOR. So you can have
2: a good DOR who's embarrassing. Yes. Or you can just have an embarrassing DOR who's embarrassing, who's bad.
1: All right, we'll do that there. Um, oh, we'll, God, I've got some good ones. I've got two now. <laughs> 52 weeks a year, remember. I've got three. I've got three. And more. Patreon.com slash egg chasers. Let the pod end. Let the boys end. the boys end.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen